0: Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith
1: from No Mercy. Festivals, Football, Flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year.
0: And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19
1: booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Many of us are already planning our New Year's resolutions to work out more in 2023. But let's face it, they rarely stick. Well, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, cycling shoes, heart rate monitors, and more with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Don't wait. Get this offer before it ends on December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hey, this is Kenny Main, host of something called Hey Main. That's a podcast. Uh, We're working busily on Season 2, but let's not forget about Season 1. Remember Jamel Hill? Is the cookout ever going to happen, or is it just metaphorical? It is largely metaphorical. Just know we would feel very comfortable inviting you. Potato salad, by the way, I feel like I should tell your listeners, does not have raisins in it. If you missed that episode of Hey Maine, check it out on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. No one
2: is is, is, busy, is More
1: locked from Thursday to Monday. No one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. All right, thanks for being with us, First and Pod. Andrew Filipponi, Danny Parkin. Subscribe, rate, review every team, every game, every week. And we're past the bye weeks at this point, so everyone's playing. We're rec- recording this at the end of Niners and Seahawks.
2: My condolences, by the way. To the Geno? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The Niners are good. They're really good. And the Seahawks defense is really, really bad. Again. So so I don't want to make any, like, grand Brock Purdy proclamations, which I feel like some of the talking head shows will do on Friday and be like, not that he's great, but just like, oh, I wonder if the Niners found their franchise quarterback with the last pick. Or, man, Brock Purdy, maybe he'll be the one holding the Lombardi trophy at the, at the end of this. Like, nothing about this game, really, even though he was efficient, told me that it was Brock Purdy. There were a lot of like wide open throws that he made. Uh, but I do think the Niners can win. I'm not win at all. I'm not saying it's because of the quarterback. But the team is just so damn impressive, and I felt that way the whole time. Honestly,
2: well, Bill Cower has already brought up Tom Brady as a six-round pick and what he was able to do. So you would not be the biggest name to go off the deep end here with Brock Purdy. Compared, no, to I don't. Mistakes.
1: Like I said, I, v- v- very little of this has to do with Purdy. He just he just didn't make mistakes tonight. Which
2: honestly and... makes the Trey Lance trade up all the more confusing. Because I talked to a lot of people in the NFL that say. Kyle Shanahan's system, pretty much any quarterback can go in there and play well. Well, then why the F did they give up so much to get a guy that hadn't played real football in like two years? It still makes that...
1: I keep hearing this argument, and I don't remember if I said this on the last pod with you or not, but I I obviously covered Andy Reid for a while. Andy Reid was this quarterback whisperer this quarterback maximizer right he won with Donovan McNabb he won with Mike Vick he won with Kevin Cobb he won with Jeff Garcia he won with Alex Smith but he still wanted the elite talent that he could mold Pat Mahomes and as soon as he got him 50 touchdowns 5000 yards a Super Bowl and MVP and a Super Bowl MVP before he was 25 like Kyle Shanahan's not seen as a quarterback whisperer in the same way That Reed is, but he is seen as a guy who even without anything special at quarterback has been able to produce and he still wanted to take a swing at something special and something that he could mold from the beginning. So I feel like if the offensive genius who is successful without the great quarterback still tries to move the mountain for the great talent at quarterback, my guess is they know more than us on this. And if Kyle Shanahan actually had a special talent at quarterback, they'd be by far the best team in the NFL. You know, he'd be 15 and two, like that type of thing. So I everyone is saying, like, oh, then don't try to get something special at quarterback. My thinking is that Shanahan's probably like, Yeah, you you're impressed with what I'm doing without anything special. Imagine what it would be like
2: if I had somebody. Well, and in the in and, and the defense is really the bigger story there, because it's the best in yes. the league. Yes, and that's not that's not considered to be Shanahan's calling card. And plus, Sala had left, uh, you know, a couple of years ago to become the Jets' coach. And now it looks like Ryan's the defensive coordinator there now. Even in a league that skews higher, the offensive guys, head coach is probably going to leave the nest next and become a head coach this offseason. But you know, the the Purdy thing, I was making fun of the guy up until this game. I was saying things like. He reminds me, remember Kyle Allen in Carolina a couple of years ago? Yeah. Like, I remember watching Good Morning Football. I don't know why this is seared into my brain. And Peter Schrager, like, ranked him as, ahead of Josh Allen, as, like, quarterbacks <laughs> from that draft class. Like, mid-year. That happened. I wish we could, like, find that. Because people do that with me. I want to find a picture of that, and just anytime he tweets an opinion, just put that out
1: <laughs> underneath it. <that>. You know <laughs> what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I I did think some of that was going on with Purdy in those first game first game and a half. But for as bad as Seattle's defense is, Danny, they do have an elite corner. And it was a road environment in Seattle, and I was not sure how he was going to handle that. I thought that that, me, on a short week, he wasn't completely healthy, that he might freak out and panic. But to his credit, he didn't. So,
1: uh, One more thing that I, I want to kind of revisit here. Christian McCaffrey is just stringing together great games. Yeah. And we talked a lot about that trade and whether or not it was an overpay. I liked it more than you did given the position of the team, but they are a team and a system to your point where a bunch of different levels of caliber of talent that running back have produced. But then you again, put an elite talent in there and I think it's three straight. It might be four straight, like really strong games from McCaffrey um it might not end up mattering with the quarterback injury and how good Philly is and we'll see what type of production he can have you know on the road in Philly if we get that NFC championship game against that defense but you have been able to if if you could do anything against Philly you could run against them McCaffrey might end up with the Debo Samuel injury with the quarterback injury he might end up being like the most important offensive player in the NFC playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like that's that is absolutely in play if San Francisco makes a run here.
2: Yeah, and one note final note on Seattle. Okay. This really this loss makes it more likely that we get all four NFC East teams in the wild card, I mean in the playoffs. And I think from a matchup perspective outside of Dallas Tampa Bay which we said would just do incredible ratings even if Tampa Bay's like 8 and 9 or whatever. Uh Minnesota Giants, San Francisco Washington. I mean, those are just do those, those are games dead. those are not great games at all. No, they're terrible games. I'd rather have Seattle and Detroit just for the fun factor of what both of those offense offenses and offenses can potentially do. Uh, absolutely
1: Uh, yeah absolutely i mean we talked about it last week the lions would be favored over i said all but three nfc teams you said all but four and seattle obviously has the geno story so yeah they are both much more interesting than the third and fourth teams in the nfc east all right let's get to the slate dolphins bills are probably the highest profile game bad weather Dolphins coming off just a couple of duds. Do you think the Dolphins are screwed in this spot? Do you think this is the the reckoning for them?
2: That's what it feels like going into it that this is where the bottom falls out for them and like everybody gets on your very early hey, here comes the reckoning with their schedule with these three road games and you called it and I hopefully you made money off of that. That wasn't just you saying it. Hopefully you backed it up with your bets. I have. But good. But I didn't think that this game. Doesn't this feel like everyone's underestimating? The total's 43 and a half. There oh, was a not, not out- when I
1: bet it, buddy. I bet I, I bet I bet over at 42 and 42 and a half.
2: Well, the that might end up being like 35. Because they're supposed to get a blizzard that night. And 40-mile-per-hour wins. This might turn into a Patriots-Bills Monday night game. The forecast
1: is kind of vacillated on how bad it was going to be. And so, so yeah, I was bragging on the number at 42. And if the forecast goes against me, you'll be right. And if the forecast is better than expected, that And game what seems- does
2: Buffalo do in that situation if it's really that bad of a weather game? Do they still say, hey, Josh, run it 10 times in these conditions and just blast into their front 7 I mean
1: the- yeah I mean uh, it, yes and how f- effective is he going to be throwing obviously they're much more of a passing team than a running team I just I think that the dolphins offense can still be it, it, is still fine it just got very overrated playing against bad teams Well is the bills offense overrated right now Uh I mean I I think they turn the ball over too much to be a great offense. But, I mean, aren't they the highest scoring offense It other than Kansas
2: City, right? They're the highest scoring offense in the AFC? Oh, in the AFC, they might be because I don't think Cincinnati's caught them yet. But yeah, I thought you meant, I, like, not in the NFL. Philly's averaging a lot more points than they are. Yeah, 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 no. I, but I think, I think in the AFC, it's still Chiefs than Bills. I mean, it's been a while since he had a 300-yard game. He's yeah. not at a great game in a while. So, no, both have been
1: trending down for sure, which is why the totals lower and then the weather and the whole thing, but I I think it's a little bit of an overcorrection. I think
2: I think Goofball McDaniel goes in there and wins like a 20 to 13 game with a Make It Colder t-shirt. He's blasting the air conditioner. I want to see him win this game. I really do. I I liked him from the beginning. Yeah, he's great. Cowboys, Cowboys,
1: Jaguars, Cowboys signed T.Y. Hilton. Odell Beckham still doesn't have a job. You like this move? No, because I didn't even know T.Y. Hilton was still interested in playing football. The only reason I did is because the Bears receiving core was so pathetic before the season. We were like, what veteran? Like They need an adult in the wide receiver room. Who's available? Oh, T.Y. Hilton hasn't <laughs> filed his retirement papers. They hired Matt Eberflus. He knows him from Indianapolis. Maybe that'll work. And they didn't so even But now you him. feel
2: like you're validated on some level that like a contending team brought in a guy that you thought about for the Bears. We talked
1: about him in like August. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's the only reason I knew that T.Y. Hilton wasn't officially transitioning to whatever his post career is going to be in football. But uh, I think that for all of the column inches and airtime, That was dedicated to Odell Beckham. There will be like one one millionth of them dedicated to T.Y. Hilton, and the reality is they probably will have roughly the same amount of production for the Cowboys with T.Y. Hilton playing and Odell Beckham not being in the NFL. Like I don't, I don't see veteran old coming off injury, coming out of football. T.Y. Hilton for a run first offense where he's going to be like at best the fourth option in the passing game because of how much Dak likes throwing to Dalton Schultz. Like I just, I don't really see a scenario where T.Y. Hilton's a difference maker.
2: Yeah. And then Beasley in Buffalo too. It kind of feels like to me that teams obviously watched what Odell did in LA last year and what Antonio Brown did in Tampa the year before that. And it's like, hey, both of these Super Bowl winning teams added these veteran receivers to just add to their team and add even another weapon late in the year. Why don't we do the same thing? And I would just be stunned if Hilton really makes a difference there. It's almost like Jerry Jones had teased his fans and made it seem like they really needed another wide receiver all year, and he felt like he had to give them something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just just throw a dart. Maybe it hits. If not, like – Minimal upside, but really no downside. So, yeah, just, just take a shot. Speaking of Dallas, I loved what Micah Parsons said about Jalen Hurts.
2: Do you think he's right? So, this is a – so, do I think he's right? So, do I think that that Parsons brings up something about, like, what really, like, how we should pick the MVP award? I, I think he does, yeah like you're saying you like it Morcos. like I'm not intimidated by you I want to get in your head before we play you guys both reasons both reasons one
1: I am always pro trash talk like the guy on the the tackle on the Eagles was like we don't play the Chicago Micah Parsons this week we pay, play the Chicago Bears like he should worry about his team we'll worry about ours like Man, F that. That's boring. That's that's what coaches are supposed to do. Like, yeah, Michael Parsons is just, like, hanging out loose with Von Miller, trying to be funny, and he talked trash, and it was awesome. So, like, two thumbs up for the trash talk component and the rivalry. And even if he was like, I'm not trying to make enemies. Like, Yeah, whatever. It was fun. It's funny. Sports needs more of that. So, love that. But then, also, I've been talking about it all week on the show because, like, our big thing has been, and everyone's talking about, like, how are the bears going to turn Justin Fields into Jalen hurts and the Eagles have surrounded hurts with the best offensive line in football. And they failed with Jalen Rager and they missed on drafting Justin Jefferson, but then they drafted Devontae Smith and they took another mm-hmm. shot with AJ Brown and running backs and offensive line and head coach. And they've done everything possible to surround Jalen hurts and his numbers are great. And his production is great. And he looks great, but, I feel like there
2: are like forty quarterbacks in the world who would look really good. in And well, I was just gonna say, I think if you put Fields on the Eagles, they probably have the same record. That's especially if it's next year's version of Justin Fields. So I don't think he can be. So that would that would work against him for me in the MV in the MVP voting. For, for me
1: too, man. Like, and just think about the guy he's competing with. Like, forget Fields. That's just because I was talking about it on the radio show in Chicago. What do you think Pat Mahomes' numbers look like if he's on the Eagles? Yep,
2: the guy would have six thousand passing yards. Now, I will say that the the one the, the one thing I will disagree with you on in terms of Parsons is that there is a huge component for me of man. Everybody gets everybody looks at the Cowboys as a team that there's too much talk and there's not enough walk. They've literally been that team for like 30 years and you're only making it worse when you go out there and do and say, or do something like this. If it were flipped and the Cowboys were in first place and they'd beaten the Eagles this year and Parsons is like, nah, man, he's not the MVP. F that look at the team around him. I'd like it more, but dude, you're the Cowboys. Like you guys talk shit all the time. Terrell Owens, you never fucking got it done. Last year, you let San Francisco come into your building and fucking beat you. Like,
1: I mean, Michael Parsons
2: just doesn't give a shit
1: about Terrell Owens. Like, he's hanging right. out with Von Miller. Well, he's he's bit- punching up, right? Like, he's they're the first place team. I'm not afraid of you. He's trying well, to ride. Route- he just-
2: can talk shit if he wants, but I can make fun of him for it when they haven't won dick. I mean, I'm allowed to do that. Well, you're allowed to do whatever you want. I just... But that's but that's a, a, a long-standing pro- rule of being pro-trash talk. Fair enough. But, like, it's not hard to rebuttal what he's saying in terms of, dude, scoreboard yourself. You might have a defensive rookie of the year award, and you might have a defensive player of the year award coming your way. But, bro, you play for the Cowboys. You play for a team that is notorious right now for always choking in big games. You might yeah, want to win one of those before you talk shit. That's all. Yeah, no, fair, fair, fair enough. I I I that
1: would that would be a good I mean, if a
2: Bears player said, fuck Aaron Rodgers, he sucks, you'd be like, dude, how about you beat him one time before you bust his balls a little bit? Uh
1: I would say that, but I would also say thank you for the content.
2: Oh my God. <laughs> Don't look at content gives horse in the mouth. Thank hey, you for the, the content. Way. Now I'm gonna rip you for providing us with this content. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: that's right. And by the way, what you just said, it would have been awesome if someone on the Eagles would have said that about Parsons, as opposed to their like, man, we have the Jaguars this week. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up. Get it, get it, get into the rivalry. All right, next game. Bengals, Bucks. How much of Tampa's struggles should be blamed on Tom Brady
2: specifically? His play. So I think more than he's actually getting blamed for. And here's my reason why. He can't move. So right. even though their offensive line is bad.
1: And injured.
2: I do, I Yeah, but I do think, still given the receivers that they have, I do think some quarterbacks would play well there. We just talked about one. If you put Justin Fields in that offense, they're scoring more than 17 points per game. I'm convinced of that. He's running. I mean, dude, he's scoring more than 17 points per game in this offense. He's running around. He's throwing to Godwin and Evans and Gage and those guys. And they're much better. (laughs) Much better. So when I hear the offensive line sucks, and now Byron Leftwich sucks after he was so good last year that everybody was cool with just letting Bruce Arians go, in promoting bowls to head coach because Brady evidently didn't want to play for Arians anymore. Well, okay. To me, like you can't have it both ways with this. You can't let Brady off scot free with this, where when he's a statue back there and that only compounds the issue with their offensive line. Yeah. I think that that's all totally fair. And he probably deserves a little bit more
1: criticism than he's getting. And there's probably not a ton of actual like X's and O's criticism around him because he's the goat and then because of like the salacious divorce commitment to football where's he gonna play next year? stuff and because his arm actually has looked pretty good like when he gets protection and he is throwing his arm the last few weeks has actually seemed to look a little livelier uh to me so like he never was mobile you know so and then so then the offensive line for, falls around him it's like in order for Tom Brady to be successful, he needs to be on a good a team with a good offensive line. So I think that it's like, well, what do you expect? Of course, when the offensive line is bad and gets injured, that's not that's not the design. Like, you know, if, if he plays for a different team next year, he will only be choosing teams with good offensive lines. Yep. Because that's just what you get with Tom Brady. But it's also true that there are probably 15 quarterbacks, just to make a random number. That would be able to over comp- to be able to compensate for what's going wrong in Tampa. That's like a sneaky fun game, by the way. I really like Tam I, I really like Cincy, uh, by the way. I and feel I- like that's the square bet of the year right there. Yeah, I agree. Hello. Hi. That's me. <laughs> yeah. I will I will be on Cincinnati in that spot. Um Okay. Do you think Lamar Jackson in a quiet moment? not in front of a microphone, a teammate, financial advisor, saw what happened to Kyler Murray, and
2: has second thoughts about playing the rest of the season. Uh, So we've talked a lot, you have, especially about how he's just like in this weird world and bubble about stuff, like his contract, and it's like, no, I'm just going to go out there and play and not think about the risk. I do think that this changes some of that for him. So I'm going to answer that question, yes. And I think that a lot of people reached out to him to tell him as much. So, I do think oh, so that let's, that... Let's, let's
1: play it out. Let's think about this. Let's say he plays this week. Like, let's say he was playing this week, next week, whatever. And that happened. He tore his ACL. What do you think happens this offseason?
2: So, Okay. That's a great question. Do you think that the Ravens still put the franchise tag on him? I do. So they're gonna pay him what would be what? Like $40 million or $35 million somewhere in that range to maybe not play much this year? Yeah, because I don't because you can't lose the asset for nothing.
1: So you know what I mean? I I, I think he. I think he's at the point where. Now, if he suffered, like, an even worse injury, you know, which is super rare, but, like, you know, if he had a compound fracture, the bone was sticking out of his leg, you know, ruptured the Achilles. You know what I mean? Something like where, like, the, the athleticism and the recovery and the career was, like, legitimately... Yeah, in doubt like injuries that are super rare. They you, we go a season without having one. Sometimes you know, um, but like if he had like a Willis McGahee injury, you know, then maybe that changes it. But I I think if he tore his ACL, I think
2: he still gets the tag. You're probably right, but like I'm sitting here now like reevaluating some of the things I haven't really said a lot about it, but just some of the things I've thought about Kyler Murray. And I just know when that happened, I was thinking to myself, like, man, is he like, I already have some questions about him as a quarterback. Now he's got a lower body injury and I'm going to be even more skeptical of him. But, you know, why should I put so much thought into a torn ACL being a career it's not changer for guys. Yeah, I know. It it, it it's
1: not. With, but but it also can't be totally taken for granted, um, because the vast majority of guys come back now, but there still are the occasional ones where it it'll happen again or oh one of never- my
2: best one of my best friends Zach Banner was the Steeler starting right tackle who tore his ACL in New York on Monday Night Football and lost his career because of it.
1: Yeah, so Tariq Cohen on the Bears.
2: Yeah. Another good example. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was all about agility, short area quickness. He was rehabbing. It popped again. That was it. And it and it's done. And he's out of football forever. Um, so yeah, it's like I, I don't know what the numbers are, but probably nine out of ten regain a hundred percent of athleticism as long as you're still like young, you know, and maybe the older guys regain X percentage of athleticism but still come back. But there's a small percentage that don't, but I, for Lamar specifically, I don't, I honestly don't think that type of injury would change anything for him. As crazy as that is.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.